Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guide, the podcast. This week, we recap the Oscars with Kimberly Q, creator and host of The Red Booth, and we talk a little about her show as well. Um, this is going up early. It is Thursday night, um, so there will not be a new episode on the normal Sunday schedule, but we wanted to get this one out early since the Oscars happened just this last weekend. So no new episode on Sunday, Monday like normal. Just this early one on Thursday, and then we'll go back on to our normal schedule next week. Enjoy! Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Tony the Movie Guy and... Miss Money in here. All right, and we have a, another guest, Kimberly Q. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> That's how you like to be called, right? That's like your your, well, ne- your stage name? It or your... is. Well, on my show, I figured it'd be easier to say Kimberly Q because Kimberly Quigley is so, so much to say. Well, Kimberly Q's got a nice ring to it. It does. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you host your own show called The Red Booth Show. That is correct. Which is really cool. And we're going to talk about that. Um, I I love what you do. Thank you. Um, I met Kimberly through my sister from England, my sister, Sarah. You've known Sarah for, what, 20 20 years? 20 years. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a Brit living in Los Angeles. So Sarah connected me up with a... Kimberly, who's this lovely, tall Amazonian lady. <laughs> she's pure Californian. Um, yeah, I'm and, a giant. Oh, she's lovely. You know, um, a lovely giant. Yeah, and you host this Red Booth show, which it's really cool because, as you know, I've been tra- I've been watching that for years. Thank you. Um, I think you've been doing it for what five years now. Yes, five years. I can't even believe it's been that long already. It's go. crazy how fast it goes. And you've been expanding. It's so great. Yeah. Well, we're gonna save that. So um, yeah. we've got a, a kind of a jam-packed show tonight. What we're gonna do is um, we're gonna do Tony's movie beat and review some movies because what I've been doing is I've been catching up on all the uh, Oscar films. So I've seen quite a few. Um, And then we're going to discuss your career, Kimberly, because I'm genuinely fascinated by what you've created and what you do. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Um, And your show, The Red Booth Show, and you you can pitch uh, whatever you've got going on. And then we're going to kind of do a recap of the 90th Academy Awards, which just happened this past Sunday. Right. And we'll kind of go through those. Now, you did watch the Academy Awards, right? I did. Thank God I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay if you haven't watched most of the films, because that's why I'm here. I, yeah. I think I, I, look, I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched We've most watched of them. Lot. Well, you know, yeah. I just have to say, I'm so happy to be here because when I met you a long time ago, I knew how much of a movie buff you were. And I don't know if you remember this, but I was always saying, you need to be like a movie critic. Yeah, you you need to be a movie critic. And I'm so happy that you started doing this podcast. I appreciate that. That's yeah. absolutely true. She was yeah. always, she was one of the original like advocates pushing me like, <laughs> yeah, and, which is true because I watch yeah. A movie every day, yeah. if not two or three, and I rewatch movies all the time. I so, mean, you're uh, really the real deal. You're a genuine fan, and you know so much about so many so movies. Much. Hey, please tell sponsors yeah. that. So I can <laughs> yeah, no, it's impressive. It. It's very impressive. <laughs> well, look, I love movies. Movies are, you know, 
my life. They really are. It's my biggest passion. So I love talking about it. So here's the thing. As long as it's fun, I'm going to continue doing this show. Uh, you know, the listeners seem to love it. Uh, you know, we have a, built quite a fan base and uh, it's great. I love doing it. So, all right, well, let's get the party started. Um, what we'll do first is uh, we'll do Tony's movie beat. Oh, hey, you can sing. <laughs> no, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. So oh, I'm I'm basically doing like <laughs> impromptu auditions for like, now it's time for Tony's movie beat. And I've had several guests on the show. I put them on the spot and I make them like do a little jingle or sing it. Can you kind of just do, uh, don't worry, it's completely. My unprepared. eyes are like wide open right now. <laughs> you can just be oh, like, it's no. terrifying. now it's time for Tony's movie beat. In a sing song you can sing or a it, melody, do anything funny. Anything. You're an actress. See, you're classy. Let's see. Okay, but my voice isn't warmed up. It's okay. okay. It's okay. All right. I'll make you do proper auditions <laughs> afterwards. <and I'm> <laughs> now it's time for Tony's movie beat. That's not bad. I quite like that. That was good. I was trying to do the whole, you yeah, know, I like old that. radio show. That was brilliant. Okay, that's definitely in the top, like, two or three. Yeah, you know? that's good. <laughs> okay, good. excellent. All right, so, um, yeah, I, there's actually quite a few films. There's four movies. Um, I did post the official review on the Tony, uh, the Movie Guy Facebook page. Okay. So all the listeners go to um, Facebook, Tony the Movie Guy, and you can read the full review. Uh, the first one is uh, Three Billboards um, Outside Emming. Missouri. Um, I gave it five out of five stars. Uh, as wow. you know, Yenny, I consider that film a masterpiece. That means I, it's perfect. It wow. Means, well, um, five out of five stars to me is unmissable, yes. destined to be a classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's basically my highest rating. Now, and this, he rarely, rarely gives a film. Yeah. Back. Now, here's something that really helped, which was odd. Somehow I missed the trailers. Me too. I didn't I did too. watch pretty much anything about this i barely I heard, heard about this I, well movie. i yeah. all i heard was the buzz mm. i heard the buzz of sam rockwell's performance yeah. um and francis mcdormand's performance and i knew it was directed by martin mcdonough who did in bruges and seven psychopaths which are two films i really like um but outside of that i just didn't know anything about it so that really helped that studio needed to spend more on their pna money because it was just not out there well the good news is the film was a massive hit and made a hundred yeah. million dollars it was on a, a shoestring budget um but here's the thing that that's this, amazing this film blew my mind so much that i watched it twice in a row wow i rented it and watched it then i bought it and watched it again and then the next day i watched it again that's how much I loved it. Um, so it, it's a dark, dark comedy. Yeah. Frances McDormand is the lead character. Um, and basically her daughter was murdered, raped and murdered like a year before. It's a very Are we doing spoilers on this? Just sure, asking. whatever. Okay, because yeah. I want to comment on it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it a no, lot. No, I haven't seen it. I have to admit this. Good, so, so then no I'm, spoilers for, for I'm Kimberly I'm a terrible Q. person. Okay. I, sh I, I shall be, be kicked out of Hollywood. You're not a terrible <laughs> no. person. You're a great person. But here's the thing. The premise is very simple. Um, Frances McDormand's daughter, she's the, the main character, uh, was raped and murdered like a year prior. And um, Woody Harrison is the police chief who's very revered and respected. And he's a good guy. And Sam Rockwell is this really kind of buffoon, but racist and kind of violent um, deputy. Mm. Um, and they haven't had any success in finding the killer or the murder. So she uh, rents out these three billboards and puts up these really scathing messages like, 
you know, who haven't found him raped yet. while yeah. dying, right, yeah. still no arrest. How come Chief Willoughby? Yeah. Wow, that's exactly that's what the exactly billboard says. Yeah. Um, but the film is so much more than that. Here's what's strange about the film. Um, and you're right. I don't want to give away too many yeah. uh, spoilers, but the, the that's good though because now we know why it's called that. Because right, I was yeah. like, what kind of a name is this? I know of it, this movie. It <laughs> tackles really a really tough subject it and does. topic, but it's very funny, uncomfortably funny at times. Yeah. Um, and like I can't believe I'm laughing at this. Yeah, but yeah. it really is, and the performances are just spectacular from everyone. Woody Harrelson. Um, Francis McDormand, Sam Rockwell, they were all Oscar nominated. Yeah. Um, it, it really is fantastic. But even like the... Uh, well, Sam the, Rockwell's amazing he too. Is, he and really don't worry, is. We're and Woody Harrelson. But even the supporting cast, like uh, Caleb Landry Jones is in this film. That guy that you says is always kind of stereotyped yeah. cast as like a hick, but he's actually really good in this. John so Hawks. Um, the little... Um, oh, Peter Dinklage. Peter the, Dinklage the little guy. Oh, yeah, wow. he's great in it. He's He's fantastic. Um, but the writing, the script, and the performances are exceptional. Frances McDormand yeah. is so good, but it is Sam Rockwell who blew Stands me away out. in this yeah. film. Totally. Um, because he, without giving away too many spoilers, he has the biggest character arc. Correct. Because he is not a good person in this movie at all. But it makes you empathize. And he has the biggest transformation and his performance is incredible um but also the way so it's good. yeah the way it's shot the music and as i've as i've told um yenny as well there's um there's actually several scenes that are just standout classic scenes in their own right but there's one single tracking shot that goes on for about two minutes that is probably one of my favorite movie sequences in the last decade explain I mean, uh, I tracking a little bit okay so in, in a movie, that. Goodfellas is very famous for uh, one of the opening shots through the casino where the camera follows and it, it doesn't cut at all. Tracks. And Got what it. that means, just so you know, is that all the actors, the director, everyone involved has to get everything right in that one take yeah. or they have to do the whole thing again. Right. Got it. Birdman was very famous because the entire film looked like it was one tracking shot actually i think they broke up into about 10 or 12 sh tracking shots which was still incredibly impressive yeah. um but anyway you know the sequence i'm talking about it's just totally. also a very powerful emotional scene um anyway everything about this film was absolutely fantastic it's a masterpiece i already want to watch it again i i can't rave more about it um it's fantastic and i gave it five out of five stars did you want to say anything else about three billboards you it. Well, you can't give any spoilers. I can't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also adore it. Uh, Tony and I had a little bit of a differed opinion about the ending. However, I can't talk about it. So yeah. that's where I'll leave it. Okay. So I actually loved the way this film ends. And without giving away a spoiler, the reason she didn't like it is it doesn't have a resolution. It's open-ended. And it kind of leaves it to your imagination. And just so you know, that's the only critique I've heard people who didn't like yeah. it say about it. But and it didn't make me not like it. Right. It just, it was the only to criticism me, I had. it is so fitting for those characters. Um, I loved it. Anyway, that's three, bill, uh, three billboards, five out of five. It's unmissable. Fantastic. People have to watch it. Um, I guess I'll have to go see it. You really do. <laughs> you really do. Um, I, I love that movie. So the second one is Lady Bird. Mm -hmm. which was directed by Greta Gerwig. Again, that was a big Oscar-nominated film. Saoirse Ronan is the star of that. I have seen that one. Uh, oh, you saw it. Hooray. Good. And I haven't, so that's and good. Laurie, hey, there we go. Laurie Metcalf. One is, for me. Yeah, she's the mother. <laughs> um, 
I was actually a bit disappointed with that film because I had seen all the commercials and I had read about and heard so much of the hype. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. It's a good film. But um, here's one thing is obviously it was a bit hard for me to relate to it because it's a film about a girl growing up in a Catholic school. My wife who went to school and the Catholic school was like, oh my God, this was my life. Right. So she was really into it. It's very offbeat and quirky and Saoirse Ronan's great and the mother was great. Yeah. Um, but I guess I couldn't relate to it a lot. It also has um, uh, Timothy Chalamet's in it um, and Lucas Hedges as well. Um, who are, you know, supporting actors. Uh, it was a good film, but I gave it three out of five stars. That means good, a good film. Did you want to add to Lady Bird since you have seen it, Kim? Well, I mean, for me, I, as a mom, because I also have teenagers, so right. that's where it relates to me because I It's all think, about the mother's relationship right. with her daughter. Yeah, the mother-daughter scenes were, I thought were very funny and unique because they're so brutal and kind of... Real, scenes. right? I imagine they're real. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean... I, it's hard to imagine sometimes where sometimes a mom might say the, these things and you're like cringing and you're like, oh, but you know, when, when, when a mother and daughter can sometimes get into these types of situations and fights, especially during those teenage years. And so it kind of captured that whole thing. And I thought that was very well done and they were extremely well acted right. uh, parts and, you know, the set and everything, like the way that they, sort of showed that lifestyle and that being in a situation with you know your where your father's a bit older and he's not really bringing home the bacon and sort of the whole all the emotion that comes with all of that um i thought yeah, it was really tracy well letts is the father and he mm -hmm. was good i liked him too yeah he was yeah it was a good film um you know i again i gave it three out of five stars but you're right actually yeah. the more i think about it i think it's because it was hard for me to relate to it right which is probably why i didn't enjoy it as much but yeah it was a good film Okay, good. Uh, the next one was Coco, uh, Pixar's Coco. Um, did you see Coco, Yanni? Okay, so Danny, my wife, made me watch it. She's seen it twice. She loves it. Um, it's all about the, uh, you know, the Mexican yeah. culture, the Day of the, the, Day of the Dead. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. It was visually beautiful, and I found it fascinating. Um, again, I would give it three out of five stars. I did enjoy it. It's just, I don't know, the last few Pixar movies, I haven't loved as much as some of the original ones you know like inside out mm. um i you know wally up were like masterpieces yeah, to me totally. um but it, it's it's very bright and beautiful and i did i loved the way it portrayed uh, the day of the dead well i thought that my my first impression of it was that it was T they were taking something that was just recently already done in another movie. That's right. Was an I saw movie. that movie, The Book of Life, yes, which, which I really enjoyed. I loved that movie, yeah. and I saw that movie. It didn't do anywhere near as well as Coco. Right, well, because yeah. it's not a Disney movie. Yeah, and that's also... Um, so mm. Coco has predominantly, I think, pretty much all an actual genuine Mexican cast. The Book of Life is like, I, as far as I remember, like Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. <laughs> um, but I actually, you know is what? Is that I, so? Yeah. But again, Kim, I'm, it's funny you said that because now I think about it, that's probably why I didn't like it as much because I had already seen The Book of Life that came out a few years ago. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed that. Me too. Um, Coco was good. Yeah. It was. I give it three out of five stars. Okay. It was It was a fun film. So well, I, I mean, do recommend it. It's obviously a uh, technically difficult to make those type of animated movies. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was beautiful and stuff, but for it was some reason, beautiful to look at. Yeah, I just automatically thought of the Book of the Dead, and I thought, oh, they were like trying to do the Book of the Dead or something. Yeah, book of Life. Right? Oh, sorry, that Book film. of Life. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs>
Okay, good. And then the last film, which actually uh, Yanni and I just saw, because she hosts every year the Oscars at her house. We go over there and it's a whole ritual. Um, and we came over early because she screwed up on the times and lied to us. <laughs> no, I'm, see, I like I like picking on her. Um, but we got over there no, I early. I invited him over to, to grace himself with my uh, company. Her presence. And she did. watch a movie together before the Oscars. Yeah, so we watched I, Tonya. Okay. With Margot Robbie, which was really excellent. Um, so here's one thing I will. So I gave that four out of five stars, which is excellent. Do you know what that's um, about? I do. Yeah. It's. A, I remember yeah. when that whole thing actually okay. happened. And me too, because See, I'm I didn't. semi we're old, old enough, right? <laughs> we're I didn't have old. a clue. So we're I was like, Tony, what's set. happening? Yeah. So <laughs> I Tonya is about the scandal that happened in the the 90s with Tonya Harding, who mm-hmm. was a world class figure skater. Um, and the alleged assault on Nancy Kerrigan. Right. Um, it's a true story. And you're right. I remember that in the news in the 90s. So my wife, who's much younger, was like, I, I don't know what this is at all. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Even if you didn't know what it was about. It's great. It, yeah. it, I was surprised with how well it was directed. Totally. The cinematography. It's di- it's directed almost like kind of like a Goodfellas. Like, yeah. you you're know, right. It was, you're right. I, I didn't really understand the pitch and positioning when people were kind of saying it's like Goodfellas and Ice. And then when I watched it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, the way it's shot, the, the snappy dialogue and, you know, it, it's just, it's very well done and shot and the, the scenes are, are really good. It's the not music, boring it's whatsoever. The soundtrack is phenomenal. So it's all what, like 80s yeah. pop, pop like hits. famous um, pop hits from the 80s. It's yeah. really, really good. So good. Um, and then the performances. I mean, the story so is so good. unbelievable and ridiculous, but the performances are great. And here's what I'm going to say. Margot Robbie, fantastic. Absolutely deserved the Oscar nomination she got. And here's what I love about Margot Robbie. She she reminds me of Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. like this beautiful woman. Stunning. I mean, she's gorgeous, but man, she has layers. She can act. And she, she really totally proved act. that in The Wolf of Wall Street because she could have just come off as a kind of one-note sex symbol character, but she was actually fantastic in The Wolf of Wall Street. If you think about it, yes, she was super sexy and had all those nude scenes, but she pulled off like the Brooklyn accent, the mm-hmm. tough girl really, really well, you know, up against Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and she's done several other films as well. Um, this Suicide is, Squad, she's great. Yeah, I loved her as Harley Quinn. I yeah. mean, she was fantastic. But she is phenomenal as Tonya Harding. Oh, she so gives good. a tour de That's, force performance. Her acting is what made me want to see that movie. Yeah, it's make, brilliant. Yeah, because uh, she just, just from the trailers that alone, that her the way that she portrays a psychotic person. I mean, you're, she's so good at it. But she, there's layers to Tonya Harding. You yeah. empathize with you her. There's a up... scene in the courthouse that to me yeah. encapsulated her so acting good. where she breaks down. And again, I won't kind of give anything they else away. They showed that but scene uh, when they... At the Oscars, yeah. yeah um, for her crying. Oscar clip. But it, it was just, it was so well done. Anyway, here's what else I'll say. Alison Janney as her mother so who, good. oh my God. God, her mother was the biggest cunt so in the world. Evil. Sorry, I don't usually say that <laughs> word, but horrible. that word was perfect yeah. to describe well, her mother. Well, you are British, so you yeah, can. Yeah, I know. Well, say, in America, that word's that horrible, there. but really, oh, it encapsulates but it's, it's the mother. True. The mother was. Alison Janney played her so well. Um, you know, it's it's again uncomfortably funny, but she is a horrible human being. Yeah. Um, so she's now. fantastic and she absolutely deserved uh, the accolades and she was nominated at the Oscars she but won yeah well we're gonna get to oh. that <laughs> but that's okay uh, the Oscars no, I'm like, are we happened. supposed to say that or not <laughs> well we're gonna get to that no, it's right, okay but, but here's the thing um, Sebastian Stan who plays Tonya Harding's um, 
husband I thought was fantastic mm. and he didn't really get any kind of right. accolades. Um, most people know him because you probably don't even know who that is. Most people know him as the Winter Soldier from the Captain America movies, Marvel movies. Um, he's brilliant in this. And again, her husband was awful. You really see how she kind of became the way she was because her husband and mother were just horrible people. Yeah. And then I don't know the name of the actor, but the buffoon <laughs> twat friend the of fat, the husband, the big fat security guard guy who yeah. basically gets them all in the trouble that they get in was fantastic he, amazing, he was yeah. so stupid but he was really like the actor was fantastic yeah. um anyway i give that four out of five stars That's i think brilliant. it's an, an excellent movie it's really well so and i have to make a note as a woman what i can really respect and again to compare her to charlize theron who did monster margot robbie you mean oh yeah. the transformation the transformation she's actually somewhat unattractive and they make her look really unkept and redneck because yeah, like that's frumpy. what she's supposed yeah. to be and her beauty goes away in that character and i found that so awesome i feel like they must have like she must have just not slept <laughs> for like two weeks yeah. and then she just oh came my, in like Meh. it was amazing well what's great for margot robbie as well as this was uh, apparently a, a real passion project for her she yeah. produced it as well wow um so i think it was a real acknowledgement for her to see that it got good job girl was successful yeah, yeah. Really? love that um, when women produce movies exactly. go for it well we need more of that of course and we're going to mm -hmm. talk about that during the oscars because obviously the whole me too times up movement was a, a large focal point um yeah. but okay Good. So that's Tony's movie Beat. Um, and then before we go into the Oscar recap, I really do want to talk about um, your show, your career and so on. Uh, I'm going to call you Kimberly Q. All Is right. Okay? Sounds good. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think when I first I remember one of the first interviews I saw was you interviewed Robert Patrick, the T-1000 actor, oh, who yeah. obviously I love. Um, and I, I watched that whole interview. That was many years ago. Right? Yeah. Um, and I, was the show was that? The official Red Booth show at that time? Yeah, or? it was. Um, I'd actually, that, that was for the Love Ride, for the Harley Davidson Love Ride, which had become huge. And this was, the I think, the final Love Ride. In uh, Hollywood, in California? Yeah, it's it, it goes from the Glendale Harley Davidson shop, which is right next to Hollywood. And it would go up to, um, I think, Custake Lake or somewhere near there. Yeah, he's a huge like enthusiast he's of Hardy Davidson. All about that. Bikes, he's yeah. part of a huge biker club that is for for the veterans. So he's a huge supporter of that to help the veterans. And so I was at the Harley Davidson shop and I did an interview with him and it was it was all on the red booth. Um That's awesome. just wasn't in the booth. Although mm -hmm. he's very welcome to come actually in my studio. <laughs> Mr. Anytime. Robert Patrick. That's right, Mr. Open Robert. invitation. He's a yeah. great guy though, right? Oh, he's I hear nothing so but nice. lovely comments about him. He's so nice. He was wonderful and uh really, really cares about these veterans. Like that's, that's pretty much all he does now i mean he's just dedicated his life to that stuff i well, mean he obviously he still has yeah. he always acts and he yeah. does his tv shows but like as his side you know thing that's what he's that's what he spends his time doing yeah and obviously t1000 was really iconic for him but you know what's funny about robert patrick he did a film with uh, demi moore called striptease which obviously when i was like a young teenage boy i probably was <laughs> watching the film for different ulterior motives <laughs> you know because she's like this desperate single yeah. mother who has to strip and it's got burt reynolds in it and it's kind of a ridiculous film of ving rames but he plays her like ex-convict alcoholic um ex-husband and i 
I loved him in it. I always think of that film. He's actually really good in it. And it's like almost a comedic role. But anyway, see, that's the kind of rants we go on here. Yeah. So let's back up. I, I'd love to hear about um, the Red Booth show. T- kind of tell us, um, well, first of all, where can people see and watch the Red Booth show? Well, the Red Booth show is now on U2 America, which is a national cable network. So awesome. it goes all over the country. And it's on Saturday nights at midnight in the East Coast, but it plays at 9 p.m. on the West Coast here in L.A., uh, which is the first time because forever we were on at midnight in L.A. Okay. for a couple of years. So now now uh, we're on at midnight in, in New York. And, you know, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So and then also we're on Amazon Prime. Um, we have two new seasons that are being added to Amazon Prime. So those should be up soon which are a lot of the more recent episodes. Yeah, because I binged the whole first season. I had actually already seen a you lot did? of it. You did? Well, yeah. Because he made I, it, it through them. Well, it came up on Amazon Prime, isn't it? On Hulu as well, or is it Amazon Prime? It's on, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, that's where I watched it. I binged mm. that whole season that's a few amazing. months ago. Yeah. You know what's really cool is that since... Uh, hey, the I last... support my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the last couple of months, I've been getting a lot of people sending me screenshots and pictures of... The fact that it's being recommended on Amazon Prime and they're like, it just appears. It just appears awesome. there and they're like, your show. Oh, my God, it's there. It's fantastic. And it's not because they're searching it or anything. It's just that they they're they're sending me these messages from all over the place. And it's pretty exciting. Uh, Amazon Prime's also I'm getting a lot more viewers in uh, other countries as well. So now I'm having to go into translation of subtitles and like figuring all that out and. There's wow. a lot more things. That's exciting. That's expansion. very exciting. So mm. tell me the history. <laughs> like, how did the Red Booth show come about? When did you first start it? Kind of give us a little kind of inside view into kind of how it developed and grew to what it is now. Well, I'm like, how deep do I want to go here? Well, but... as much as you want to. This is your show. <laughs> what but also that? kind of, yeah, well, tell the listeners as well. Like, what is the show? How did it, how was it created? Well, okay, so <clears throat> let me go back because... I, this is not a formal investigation, Kim. Okay, fine. <laughs> I have evidence. Just kidding. Um, well, I had been trying to get into filmmaking for a while. Okay. And I had worked on actually quite a few movie projects, almost around 25 films wow. um, from the packaging and producing side of it in different regards, whatever it was. It could have been helping with putting together their uh, development package, helping to attach talent. Mm-hmm. Um, helping to do um, foreign location scouting. Like, I mean, I did all kinds of things wh- without being paid. The to Hollywood do them. life. Yeah, yeah, this is this. These were like me learning. I feel you, sister. Right. And I did, <laughs> I did that for a while. Um, and I had a big project that was about the Cuban Missile Crisis. So it was about $30 million budget. And a movie? Yeah. yeah oh, wow. I was working on that. There was a couple other film projects that I could tell you a, much longer interview but um remember i i I was i I mean i was i still am a script writer i know so i know what you're talking about okay it's hell it's the hollywood system is a dog eat dog system it's not even knowing the right person or even being in the right place i don't know what it is so i understand i know and i'd been through enough of these things and i'd actually had some projects stolen from me too and no credits no pay and then I'd had um, this one with with this movie, and the same sort of thing happened. I connected up the funding, I did all this stuff, and it just it and then fell it just f- it just 
I got cut out of the whole thing. Wow. And, yeah. um, See, and not to, you know, cut you off and steal your thunder, but that was actually one of the biggest inspirations for this podcast, yeah. remember? Yeah. was like, I was so frustrated. I was like, yeah. you know what? This is something I can just do. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it will blow up and I can get paid for it. Maybe it won't. Yeah. But as long as I enjoy I know, it, I'll keep to, doing it. I would tell you, be like, you could instantly right now start yeah. being a movie critic. And you'd be like, sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be like, yeah. yes, you have yeah. the, you have the information. You have the opinion. You have yeah. all the insight. Like I'm doing it. And it's Sorry, so go good on, that you are. So good. <laughs> I'm so you. glad you are. Um, yeah, so that was sort of the background before that. And then I had started my own production company. I well, for a while I was working in in a in a post-production place. So I I was doing things from that angle of it. And I learned a lot about what it takes to finish a, a movie in the independent film world, which is a whole nother process people think oh right. just shoot it or they think oh, God, no. write the script and then shoot it and you're done and it's like no there's post-production so many steps is much longer actually yeah and more expensive i think um and very important so anyways i had worked with on a lot of film projects from that angle um so when i finally was on my own and I had my own place. I started to just go out because I had all these film connections and people, video people, you know, camera guys. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, you know, met a ton of people over this time period of me working on these movie projects, which never made any money. Right. uh, Which didn't help. (laughs) Right. Um, And oh, and then there was the whole crash, you know, the crash of the, so we lost our house and there was like all these things. And I was like, so all of that leading up to it, I had all these contacts and people that were production people and I started working on interviewing. This is how I started interviewing because I never would have thought I'd be a TV host ever. That was never in my plans. But I never um, thought I'd be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my, I was, I found out about this place down in Compton that was doing, um, that was helping juvenile delinquents that were on parole. And oh, I remember when you started doing this. Right. Yeah. So I went and I went and started talking to them and they were so inspiring to me because they were getting kids off drugs. They were getting them out of, you know, juvenile uh, hall, I guess you call it. Sure. And um, helping them to actually get off drugs and go, and actually get back into school. And these kids' lives were just an, a nightmare, you know. And... I was like, you guys need something to tell, to show the world that you're doing this. And so I was like, I'm going to help you. Let's get some testimonial videos. So I threw together the resources that I had and I got people down there and we shot a bunch of testimonials of these kids. And it was just tear jerking and heartwarming and beautiful how much they were helping them. Um, that was like your first experience, like interviewing correct. and recording and videoing. Right. And I wasn't on camera, but I was just getting them to talk. And some Got of it. these kids were shy. Some of them were like hardened gangbangers. Like, you know, they came from a tough life. They'd had kids, they'd had their parents taken away or they've had people die or they've had, people, you know, I mean, they've been through yeah. a it's lot. Heavy. So putting them on camera was uh, quite a thing. And... So that was the first time I would just get them to start talking. And I had these these beautiful testimonials that we did afterwards. And I put them online for this place. And then that turned into, um, they started doing these these motorcycle rides, which I love motorcycles. And they started doing these motorcycle rides throughout the, the city in Compton and Inglewood and, and Watts and like all these places with one of the guys that was like the speaker for this this re, this. It's not really rehab, I guess you could say. It's more just like they help get 
miners back. Reform. But so then we started, so then they started doing these, these rides and I was then videoing those rides. So then I became the girl that was producing these videos and I was interviewing gang members and lots of people in the inner cities, moms, kids, um, old, old guys have been around forever telling stories and I loved it a lot. I really loved being a part of that in the community. That's great work too. Oh yeah. It was valuable. It was really, really, um, you know, a huge passion for me to help them. And I realized like, hey, you know, I actually can get people to talk. Like I'm kind of good at getting people to mm. talk. So they like to talk to me and I'm, and you'd never think they'd want to talk to me because I was like, I was also bleach blonde back then. Right. So, you know. What's wrong with that? I was about six <laughs> feet tall and I'm like the only white girl. I don't want to sound funny, but I was like, you <laughs> know, Compton, practice, yeah. down in Compton and I'm and I'm able to get them to talk to me. And, and, and at first they were kind of like, who? who are you and why yeah, are you, you here approached them yeah like other people just don't too yeah and i was like really genuinely like sincerely interested in what it's like yeah. and i would go it's down great. and i mean I, i've been down to all the projects and i've seen what it's like down there and it's like holy shit you know so from there so from there um i also would talk to people that were musicians and i had written songs and done other things i realized i knew all these really great artists and i would talk to them about what they were doing and they would tell me these amazing stories and i was like you know i talked to uh one of the musicians that was at the time on tour with the black keys and i had like this really long conversation with him about music to the black keys man (laughs) they were so big for years sorry carry on i love them they'll be back i'm sure they will will. Continue. Yeah, so I was I was out with some you know friends and I and I ended up talking to this to this musician that's been on tour with the Black Keys and like just had a great conversation about music and I left walking away from that going I should have recorded that interview like that could have if I had that on video it would have been so interesting and so many people would have loved to hear the story. So I was like, you know what, I'm. I'm tired of trying to make these movies that take like three years to make and you 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 never know if you're going to ever finally see this final product it takes so long to make these movies i mean granted there's probably people out there that are like what do you mean i just made a movie and we got it shot and we had the money and it was perfect and there you go you know companies millions of dollars yeah no no i get it completely but when you're an independent filmmaker and you're trying to attach all the names and get all the funding and doing all you know all that stuff the distribution that's hard work so right. did that then give you the idea for the red booth or? that that was then how when, did that idea how did the red booth come about this is such a roundabout weird story isn't it well um, it's <laughs> fascinating i wasn't expecting this but it's quite a story so i love it <laughs> no no it's okay yeah. this well, is like the evolution it's yeah it's great it's deep Kimberly. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks well so then you know I I had my I'd moved into my little house and I was like I'm um you know I really want to be in I want to get back into entertainment. I hadn't worked on any movies for a little while. Um just because that last one with the Cuban Missile Crisis just made me just kind of give up for a while. I was like right. ugh. Um but then okay, where was I? Oh, so then after this Compton after, doing those videos, right? And, so that got me used to doing just interviews, yeah, meeting and stuff. the musician from Black Keys, meeting, yeah. talking to these guys, and I knew a ton of other musicians around, and I love singing. It's a passion of mine that I'm super shy about, and I had terrible stage fright, and I admired these guys so much, and I was like, it would be so great to get these interviews and video these guys and have them talk and tell their story and how they got famous and how they got into this business and how did they get over their stage fright and like there's so many questions I had for them 
And at the same time, also knew a lot about the movie industry and had met a lot of people in independent film over the years and actors. And, and so I thought, well, I could video, I could have my a talk show. I could talk to them and I could record it and people would probably want to hear what they have to say. And I had, I already had um, my diner booth, which oh, was- Oh, so you already had that. I already had the diner booth. Where did you get that's that another, from? That's another weird story. So oh, a God. few years- <laughs> Actually, I do want to know though. Yeah, so the Red Booth show, I the mean, Red you have booth. this beautiful Red diner booth in your garage, right? I do. It's gorgeous. It was, yeah. yeah, in the beginning, it was in my garage. Yes, so I had this diner booth that I'd gotten a few years earlier, um, before all of the, you know, before I moved and all that. And I don't know why I was obsessed with getting a, a diner booth. I was like, I need to find a diner booth. And I was like searching <laughs> so on Craigslist. Funny. Somehow it was just, kismet. It was Look like, at it now. Yeah. I was like, I spent. It's the signature of your show. I know, right? Yeah, no, I probably spent like a year scouring Craigslist. Did you really? And to like, find a diner booth? I finally found a good That's diner booth. so funny. So you, you and, don't and I, actually have a real reason at that time? Because this is years no, before the show. It's years before. I just wanted a diner You're booth. such a random LA girl. I, I love so it. so weird, right? It's amazing. <laughs> I was okay. like, wouldn't it be great if we could all just eat in our own diner booth? That's, That's what amazing. I thought. That's amazing. Yeah, so, we had the, so I finally went and tracked this diner booth down. And I got it from a girl who was complete rockabilly with tattoos all over her. And she'd owned this diner booth since it had been taken out of an actual 50s diner. And yeah, it's, it's the, the real deal. It's a real deal. Yeah. She she was the only other owner and it had been they had demolitioned this diner and she had had it this entire time. And she was in tears when she gave it to me. Really? And Aww. she was like, take care of my, take care of it. And I was like, you did. I will. I promise. I love this booth. And Anyways, she had to move away. So I got the diner booth and I had it and I'd had it for years and it was now sitting in my garage. And I was like, that would be a good place to talk to people, right? You know, people yeah. are comfortable, comfortable in the yeah. diner booth. Wow. So the name was probably quite easy to come by then from that. Right. I was like, well, I'll just call it the Red Booth. That's fantastic. The Red Booth. I mean, it's an odd name. I think over the years I've had it's people be name. like, what? And then I'm like, you know, a booth, like in a restaurant. And they're like, oh, they'll say the red boot. And they're like, they well, don't know what I'm saying. If you listen to your yeah. interviews, then yeah. maybe you understand. But if you watch the video, yeah. then right. I mean, you interview them in, in, a red booth. in the booth, in I the big, beautiful them. red booth. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I interview them in my diner booth. And um, and so then from there, I was like, well, if I'm going to be in a 50s diner booth, I should wear... 50s clothes right. and like look like do the whole pinup thing and i love vintage clothes um which you do fantastically you so yeah. well i, I think the first time i met you you were in that whole mock-up really and i was like that oh whole gab and i was like oh wow well now you make a whole really well. now you make a whole deal of it like don't you like you model different dresses and everything oh yeah it's, so it's great it's really cool because i went to um I went to this company called Pinup Girl Clothing, which has been online since the 90s. And it was one of the original vintage retro slash type dress places where you could go, which is there. I remember trying to find those kind of dresses back in the day and you literally couldn't find them. I mean, you would have to go searching through thrift stores and yeah. it was just it was so hard. So this Pinup Girl Clothing was one of the first um, online companies that was like actually making these dresses available for 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 girls. And now they had just started a boutique, uh, um, actually, you know, brick and mortar location in Burbank. So I showed up there and I was telling them about this show I was going to make. And I basically pitched it to them and I ended up getting a hold of them. And the owner approved that I could use some of their dresses, That's great. Nice. which is super nice of them because I had nothing to show them. I didn't have a video. I didn't have a show. And Did you get to keep any of the dresses? 
Well, they've given me dresses since then, yes. Yay. Because I've because I've done the show for five years. Yeah, it's been going for a while. But now. they it's don't great. do that anymore because they're so so popular that you know they're only doing dresses for like you know people on red carpet like big names and stuff like you can't just walk in the door like that anymore so i was really lucky that they said yes to me and ever since then they've given me clothes for every single show and i've worn a different outfit pretty much every single show for the wow. last five years that's fantastic yeah so. so how long did you do the red booth show in your garage how long did you shoot it there? right so it started in the garage um Thank you so much to two of my friends, uh, Danit and Lior Molcho, who um, are amazing filmmakers and who came and helped me out because I was searching for, for crew to do the first shoot and they loved the idea. And also my friend John Guerin, who is there. Oh, yeah, I know and, John. Yeah. <laughs> great guy. So he was, there was, I, I had this, this idea and they were like, that sounds like a great idea. And they came and they helped me shoot and I didn't have any money. And, um, I had this friend who was in a band that I thought was really good, Rival Tides. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I was, they were going to be my first guests. So nice. I had to wrangle a band of like four guys or five guys. I'm, I'm trying to remember how many band members were they had Were they one the of the first? The they whole were band? the first. Really? They were the very first interview. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. And so I, I finally got a date where they could all make it at the same time. Which is not easy. No, that's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> and they all came on the show. And then I, I had also two rappers who were Mexican rappers from the Valley. And Was that one of the first ones? That was the one Butterfly of the, song? Or oh, the, no. Okay. So that was Crazy Town. Crazy Town. They were on. Because I watched that. I was like, oh, my God. I remember that song. Yeah. You're my butterfly. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was that one? She interviewed yeah, them. I remember interviewed that them. one hit wonder? It was a huge number it was a one hit. big hit. Like, hit. I she know. Interviewed, yeah. That's Crazy Town? Yeah, that's Sorry, right. Sorry, I know we're all over the Seth place. Seth Binzer, or he likes to call himself Shifty, I think. <laughs> Shifty, I think, yeah. yeah wow. so, I mean, it was a great song. Everyone yeah. knew it was like the song of summer it was or something. such a big But hit. sorry, before that, two That rappers. was before that, yeah. So th these these rappers were uh, local Valley rappers, and you wouldn't know, but there's a huge scene for the Mexican rap scene here in LA in the Valley. Oh, wow. Like San Fernando Valley. It's oh, like yeah, a I believe big, it. Absolutely. big thing. And these guys had gotten onto the radio. They had a song on the radio. So it was really cool to hear their story. Like, how did you get your song on the radio? Like, you're Mexican rappers. Like, how, you know, and just kind of hear like and their whole story. And you just had contacts that you just reached out to to get these people on? Or? So, no, this is funny. I mean, the way I get all my guests is always so unique. Random. And interesting. Yeah. It's like with this show, with yeah, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he worked at a company that I knew as a customer service rep. This is one of the two his rappers. day job. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that funny. That was his day job. Wow. But he actually had, he had given someone his CD and, um, I was like, you know what? This is cool. Like I'm impressed by the fact that they, that they're doing this and it's hard out there being a musician. A lot of people have to have day jobs and, um, pay the bills and take care of their family. And it's like, you know, it's, there's no shame in that. But the fact that they had gotten onto the radio and power one Oh six, which That's is a great. big yeah, rap it's a station. Well known yeah. radio station. Yeah. yeah. So so I had them on the show and we did our first shoot in the garage and then um it just went on from there. Cool. And then so when where is the show now? You said it's not in the garage anymore. Like where right. do you shoot the show? Well, I've been shooting the show at a warehouse slash studio space that's in burbank called tech it's actually at techno empire cool and i've been there for a couple years and before that i was in a few other studios until i found my home there um 
And they are an amazing company because they deal with a lot of high-end musicians who, like all the top famous bands, you pretty much have gone through this place in terms of- That's great. So that opens some doors as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't necessarily cross over in terms of like hitting up his clientele base because of course, he's I like, understand you know that. what i mean but it's cool because my booth's there and they i'm sure that sometimes they run across like what is this and right. you know it comes up but um this the gear he has in there is amazing and it's all their these guys personal recording studio equipment that they want to sell and so they sell it through techno empire that's great yeah and so then we come and we have the space and um he's a sponsor of the show so that's really cool that's the company fantastic. um and and yeah we've been there for a couple of years yeah so you've nice. interviewed quite a few people now and i know you interviewed the cast of uh man from high castle which that's is right. the, sh- uh, the show on hulu that's right that's a great show uh, and then my favorite interview of yours that you did was malcolm mcdowell oh my who god I'm a he was amazing um yenny's looking at us blankly um mm. malcolm mcdowell was uh clockwork Ale- orange well he's alex from okay. clockwork orange. which i've never seen yeah he's also um starring in a show on amazon right now called yeah. mozart in the jungle oh. right. i love okay, the I've show seen, right and that's what i was the, interviewing him yeah, about it's about the orchestra yeah it's actually a great show and it's yeah. got gabriel garcia oh yeah um, that's the other he's co- composer right it. yeah um anyway it's a amazing show how was interviewing malcolm mcdowell you know what it's funny because i was so nervous before i talked to him i was like you didn't oh my seem God. it in the interview at no, all no. i watched that one yeah twice. but leading up to that interview i was i was extremely nervous and i thought he's gonna be such a dick to me i just know it like he's it probably so, so nice. mean yeah. and then i get him on on the interview and he is just the sweetest yeah. sweetheart that you can even imagine like it's probably true, one he, of the nicest he, he doesn't seem like a really nice person but he was you're he right was. it's probably because he he's played all these crazy characters yeah. you know you just assume that he's gonna be like that but he's not at all in person right. he was probably one of the nicest people that i've had on my show that's awesome that's um, great yeah so and i've had some really cool people you know um any other memorable ones you want to mention? Well, I think, gosh, I don't want to offend all. So the, the anybody, show, but... the Red Booth. No, it's okay. Well, no, the show, the Red Booth is basically you bring on uh, an artist, uh, you yeah. know, whether they're a musician, an actor, actor a director. It's all yeah. different kinds of things, and and you just interview them, and yeah. and it's very kind of laid back. And again, you, you've got this great mock up with the Red yeah. Booth, and you're always like modeling some, you know, great pin up fifties girl look. It's just it's a really quaint, fun show. And as I said, Thank you. the whole first season is on Amazon Prime. So yeah. all the listeners, go check it out, watch it. And you yeah. said the, the next season is going to be on there soon? Yeah, we have actually season two is coming up and then season three, we're already sending them. So they, because it doesn't have all the shows because we have five years of shows almost. So it's that's not even covered in the first season. That was just wow. a few handpicked uh, episodes was in the first season. Um, so yeah, we're gonna, you're, you're going to be able to watch those and... Um, those are all with me with my brunette hair because <laughs> the first four years of the show, I was a bleach blonde, as you can see from right. those old episodes. Yeah, um, what TV station is it airing on again? It's on YouTube America. Okay. And Amazon And Prime. Amazon Prime. That's fantastic. Well, look, I wish you nothing but continued success on that. Thank and you. we've already kind of talked about this. I'm all for a movie segment. We should absolutely see yes, what you can do Yes, t- I've been be wanting so to cool. do this. Yeah, yeah, and I actually had, at one point, a um, new movie release segment. And you did them, right? And I was doing them, but they were not... Um, I want to do it more with like another person. I think we it'd be really cool. We could do it cool. together. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. I Let's think that would be great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, look, uh, the Red Booth show is great. And also, I love that you created it 
from nothing, Kimberly. Yeah. That's what I love. And you did it yourself. Yeah, and great creation. It was kind of Thank an inspiration you. for this podcast because when Miss Money and he brought up the idea yeah. on this podcast, and again, I was so frustrated trying to break out in Hollywood as yeah. a screenwriter and stuff. And I was like, well, you know what? Kimberly did it with her show yeah. and look at it now. It's on Amazon. It's on TV. It's like she did that from nothing. So I really, you inspired me too, just so you know. It's Thank fantastic. you. Yeah. Okay, good. Do you want to say anything else about your show? <laughs> I think it's really cool. I've had, you know, like that. It does help to inspire other people because it really has been made from nothing. And there's no, I don't have like some big studio backing me. I don't have any of that. And one of the things that I have loved about about it is that it's my show and I can exactly always, it's your baby you yeah. have creative control yeah exactly. and you're, right, you're a single mother you yeah. know and like yeah. you're doing all this it's really no it's very it's inspiring very respectable thank you anyway good keep it going let's expand we'll do it together and we'll we'll make lots of magical things happen that's right this is Hollywood I think that's the way to do it in Hollywood to be honest I think when you hear oh, yeah. about anybody who's really successful they kind of had to do the same thing we were doing absolutely they just went out there and did it I mean look at even Steven Spielberg when you hear oh, yeah. his story about how he did Star Wars, sure. everyone was saying no. There were many people. Gonna, George it Lucas. Was gonna, yeah, George Lucas. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my okay. God. I'm a geek, so I need come to. On, I had can to I just like you. say that again? <laughs> but it's true. They said that he was gonna fail. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. No one wanted to take that script. They thought it was like this hokey, like kids He's... space movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm look at say, it now. I'm gonna say. Look at George Lucas, because, I mean, his story is exactly like that. You mean Spielberg? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, Spielberg's story is very inspiring, too. He used to to sneak onto the Universal lot and and learn about movies and study about movies. So, no, absolutely. Anyone who wants to make a dream come true, you have to just go out there and do it. I think you just have to have balls of steel. You have to not give a shit about what anyone else says to you about how your idea is. You have to just continue to keep doing it. All the people that are telling you you're going to fail, do do not listen. That's sort of like, I feel like there's like this weird bubble that goes over everybody and you're poking through the bubble because you have to stop listening to all these other people. That's why they're not doing it. Absolutely. There you go, listeners. That's uh, words of wisdom. (laughs) From Kimberly Q. Exactly. So no, (laughs) look, that's great. And you're going to do wonderful things. So just keep creating. Thank you. Um, So look, on to our kind of uh, final segment. Right. Um, The Oscars. Yeah. On Sunday, uh, just passed, this episode is probably going to air probably the following week so everyone will have already watched the oscars uh, but it was the 90th academy awards um so i just want to kind of recap the academy awards um and you did watch the academy awards right kimberly yes i did okay good and i, and I understand you probably haven't seen all the movies but it's okay first of all um here's one thing i want to kind of mention which i think we sh- should kind of discuss and debate tell me if you agree or not the oscars as a whole Unfortunately, I feel they've really kind of lost their magic over the years. I remember. I would have to agree with you. The Academy Awards was an event and a a spectacle for me every year. It was like one of the most magical things to watch. It was like watching a Star Wars movie that you know after ten years or something. And a beautiful show. Yeah, I really agree. The show was just. Also, it was so upbeat. It was funny. I've always said Billy Crystal was my favorite host because he just did song and dance numbers. It's gotten so political. So and political. Everyone's pushing their agenda. And I don't know. It's I don't see the same glory and like spectacle. Yeah, and, I, and the ratings have been dropping. As well. I don't yeah, like yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, honestly. No. I don't mind him. But yeah, he's not he's great. Not, well, actually, I just, I just don't I'm, think it's the right fit. It's not that I don't have a... It's not, 
personal. Well, I just don't think he's you're right. Gonna he's make me right go, well, you're going to make me go on a whole tangent on that because I actually love Jimmy Kimmel until the last year or so. As soon as Trump became president, all he does is bash Trump. Yeah. It, or he's so politically bent. I'm like, dude, right now what people need is laughter. Give the world laughter, right. which he's actually yeah. very Do good at. Do your job but in your industry. See, I don't just, think he's uh, that funny. I just, uh, he well, doesn't. Back in the day, he had great videos and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, and he did great skits. And he, he, he was good at getting other actors. But, no, I mean, look, so he hosted this year. He hosted last year as well. It was okay. But all I'm just saying is overall as a show, so you guys kind of agree with me, right? Yeah, 100%. It's lost its pizzazz and spectacle, which is a pity. Well, the set was beautiful. The set this year was really beautiful. The set was actually one of the most aesthetic sets. It was. They just didn't do anything with it. I know. You know? Um, Like, remember the year Hugh Jackman hosted? Yeah. He was fantastic. He did a whole song and dance, and it was, you know, he's such a performer. Neil Patrick Harris did a great job. Yeah. Ellen. Ellen's done it a few times. Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Because she's enthusiastic and she breathes life and excitement into the show because the Oscars are like a three-hour event. Yeah, and you have so to you keep have it funny to keep and it light. alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that bummed me out a bit because it, it was it wasn't I, bad. I, it was just kind of humdrum. Yeah. Yeah. Per, I mean, honestly, it's it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about because in Hollywood, I feel like there's such a strong political thing going on right well, now. Well, there is. There's so I mean, much going on. It's right like now. I used. It's funny because I used to talk about politics on social media. And I used to be like, why does nobody want to talk about politics? Yeah, this I, tr- was years I try ago. and stay clear of <laughs> it now. Now I don't even want to discuss it yeah. because... It's not worth it's, it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's certain things like, obviously we have things like these shootings and whatever, like you want to kind of yeah. chime in like, hey, Well, that's the problem right now. Yeah. We're in a climate, unfortunately, yeah. where there's so much going on. So yeah, yeah. you're right, you've got all the shootings and all the yeah. the discussions and debate over guns and stuff. And trust yeah. me, I have some strong opinions on that, but it's just not worth expressing it on social media that's my point but there's that whole thing going on which unfortunately is very real i mean it's devastating these shootings and stuff then you've got the whole political thing especially with trump now which you know majority of these actors and you know artists are all anti-trump or the ones who aren't don't speak about it at all um and then you've got the whole me too Times up thing with the you know uh, that blew up with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, you know, so all of that now yeah. is being addressed and brought up. Now I will say, last well, Trump year, doesn't Trump doesn't help with the he puts his foot in his mouth. And of course so, he does. Sure, and it's awful because I think it's like a feeding frenzy with the well, whether media, you like him or gonna... not. He's a, he is a very arrogant man yeah exactly <laughs> no doubt about he that. doesn't help the situation. yeah but last no. year was all political but again i'm trying not to steer political so now this year was kind of everything yeah you know in one but at least um they didn't steer and veer and bash it and beat it over your heads i felt as bad no as it wasn't bad. as bad you know, as last year probably the stuff last year was much worse yeah the stuff they stressed the most actually was the me too times yeah. up stuff which is okay it might be a little wrong target how they're doing it but you know at least they're bringing it up and i mean who isn't for equality i mean come sure. on it's 2018 it's about time right you know totally. did you see that thing that got passed around facebook of the uh, 50 man uh wife guidebook of how a wife yes. Yenny, you yes. you sent it of how a wife should treat a husband <laughs> yeah. this was an official guidebook from the 1950s and all the women who saw it were like fuck this shit <laughs> yeah. and you know what i read it and i was like 
fuck this shit. I don't want yeah. that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. That was only 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, actually, it was in the well, 80s it was like that. Come. Exactly. So, I mean, everyone's for equality. Uh, women, men, we're, we're all the human race. We're all fantastic. We love everyone. So, I mean, it is actually kind of ridiculous when you spotlight things like Michelle Williams being paid $3,000 sure. and Mark Warburg being paid a, a million and a half dollars for the same amount of work. But we just all have to come together and just bash it out and move on. Yeah, and here's the point. All of, uh, any of that, my point is, this is an event to celebrate artists. That is what the Oscars is. It is the highest, um, you know, accolade. It's the biggest acclaimed award. Exactly. That's what this is about. So the event should be about that. Right. It should be the best performances you can muster in between. The most beautiful dance and music performances that exist. I know. Beautiful speeches, poetry. It should be an artistic event, not a political event, not... Um, it is. It's about the performances. Yeah. It should be. That's that, what it's about. That's a very that's good my point. point. But it's, it's not hard though because. The, but that's the thing is that when you're an artist and a lot of artists and a lot of actors, if you have a cause that you really believe in, you have a they voice. They want to use you have their to platform. Use your platform. Right. Yeah. And, it, and, it, I, and I'm not saying you, you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. But this is an event that millions of people see. Like if I. Yeah. If I were up there as a, as a major actress or whatever. Yeah. It push the art. I agree. You know? I totally agree because, like, I mean, I love Common. For example, he performed at the Oscars. Beautiful. Yeah, he was great. But you that know, was my fa- I mean, one of my favorite ones. It was beautiful. Yeah, but but then for me, I got turned off because he made a comment about the NRA. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. personally am a gun owner, and right. I believe in right. the right to bear arms. Right. I am probably an odd man out in Hollywood. Sure. But you know, I have my own opinions about. The fact, like, I, you know, I don't forget Waco. And there's, like, a lot of stuff that you would think I'm I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I've been called that. But I totally believe in the right to bear arms. Right. And um, bashing on the NRA in the middle of the Oscars. It was, for me, it just, made, I just go, it's inappropriate. you know what? You guys are, are catering to the public here in Los Angeles and Hollywood. But, but there's an yeah. entire country out there that doesn't necessarily see the same thing yeah. as you. And they're going to tune out. They're going to yeah. turn off yeah. the Oscars. And I just don't I just don't think they should go there with that stuff. I agree. And as you can see, it's yeah. even hard for us to yeah. not give our opinion. Exactly. Because we're all human beings. Of course. See, that's the thing. Everyone has the right to their opinion. I think the problem that we unfortunately seem to have is everyone respecting everyone's opinion. Right. But all working together to kind of make the most out of it. Yeah. Right. So look, you brought up something, uh, Yanni, which I completely agree with. The Academy Awards should be focused on the awards and on the movies because that is what they're celebrating and you know what when i go back to those shows in the 90s with billy crystal steve martin that was the focus that i remember now i remember the the political stuff or you know the messages or the statements people are trying to make and it seems to kind of overshadow that the whole purpose of the academy so here's the thing um you know, I don't know if any of those officials are listening to us anyway. So it's like we're just rambling. Um, but I'm glad you kind of agree with me. I, You know, I'll watch the, the Oscars yeah. to the end of time. And also I'll watch it yeah, as an event. Well, so I'd like to see it come back as a real event. I agree. I think, it, I think it should be focused on the performances and it should be all about the acting. The exactly. acting. Absolutely. It should be about the acting yeah. because we do hear political stuff. In, unfortunately, all the time, it's anyway. all over the place. It's yeah. in all the late night 
talk shows. It's on all. I mean, it's all just, social media. It's all everywhere. the news. You literally all of cannot everything. escape it. Yeah. So, and one thing they did do, which maybe you were going to mention, is yeah. they actually did commemorate like war movies, and they, they commemorated. Did a beautiful co- they did this whole montage, montage of the 90th anniversary. That was beautiful. Yeah. Which was beautiful. So really nice. Okay, good. So let's go in a bit more detail. I mean, this year's Oscars um, was actually there weren't any big surprises. No. Uh, I'll just I'm kind so of, glad Gary Oldman won. Yeah. yeah well, I'm going to go. Us, th- us I'm going to. I'm going to go through oh that real God. quick. Um, well, one thing I will say, which again, I hate to get kind of politically into this, but um, James Franco was an actor who did um, the, the disaster, disaster artist, which I absolutely thought was phenomenal. Everyone thought he was the front runner for uh, you know a nomination, if not the win. But he's in trouble because of this. And then he came up with a bunch of allocations, and then suddenly wasn't nominated. See, that's one of the things I have to tell you, and I might be very unpopular to say this, but for some reason when I watched the Oscars this year, I felt so much that there was, I could almost feel the the political agenda yeah. sort of behind the who's nominated People and People pulling who's, the strings yeah. and yeah, what's like, right and like, not, I know. who are we going to choose and how, you know what I mean? There's obviously a deciding factor there involved. And it's tough because there's people in the Me Too move in the the Me Too movement is very helpful in terms of stopping people from being sexually abused, abusing their power, raping women. I mean, that stuff has been going on and it's been very frustrating for women in the industry. And I've been frustrated personally by by that problem. But at the same time it's turned into this huge, almost like out of control thing where there's a little bit of a witch hunt. Yeah. It can be. So it's, it can be pointed in the wrong direction. Right. And how do you know? Yeah. So it's like, it can, how do you trust it? It could leak into the public and then it's almost like you're already tried before you're guilty. But then at the same time, how do you prove that you're, that you're, innocent when yeah. how like like you know it's such a it's such a conundrum see how hard it is to like try and stay clear of these things but i brought it up so it's okay yeah no look i i agree i mean here's the thing i don't know if uh, franco is is guilty or not and i do think that's what's missing with all these people of you know the and allegations accused, is where's yeah. the due process but that's Something the hard re- thing from a woman's point of view is how do you even prove that that just happened of course and yeah. i get that it's you know well, one of the biggest things that pisses me off is what about the big creep himself harvey winstein i mean I, unfortunately i have this night nightmarish thought that he's yeah. probably in the Bahamas sipping on a mojito right now probably. you know and it just got forgotten you know um so who knows but exactly well, who knows what's really interesting about this is t- I mean today on ABC News local news for Los Angeles they were talking about the Weinstein company having an investor that was going to buy out the Weinstein company and they pulled out and this was on ABC Nightly News, like right. ABC like news during the day. Like they don't talk about investment deals in the movie industry, right. Right. but here they are talking about the fact that the Weinstein Company investment fell through, and apparently they're in the debt. They're in debt, uh, two hundred eighty million dollars, right? And a, this company was going to take it over, but they thought it was two hundred fifty-three million dollars in debt. Instead, it's two hundred eighty, and I'm like, oh, that extra, you know, whatever money is going to make the difference. But I'm like, wow, this this is being taken up by ABC News. Which is owned by Disney, and I'm just like, where? And I my start yeah. going, where is this going? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are they? Why is this local news station talking about this? Because of it's all because of the Me Too movement. But that's 250, 280 million dollars that this company has been bankrolled for all this time, and it just kind of makes you go, wow! Look at the movie industry. Look yeah. at these giant studios. No, I know, and there's so much money around it. All I'm saying is, it all started with him and. Now you've just heard nothing. So, but right. it is what it is. It, it's okay. Look, we we could go into a whole massive You're debate right. on I it. Could, I could no, probably. we really couldn't. As I said, I mean, that's why people 
have voices and now with social media it's so easy to express but i just wanted to mention that, um him specifically and the other one i thought that was interesting mm. was also casey affleck yeah um you know a lot of people didn't even notice this but it's been a 90-year tradition that the person who wins presents the award the following year right so the best actress gives the best yeah. actor and the best actor gives the best actress right casey affleck won best actor last year and again, whether he's guilty or not, the performance was phenomenal. Spectacular. And he bowed out and didn't um, present. So they actually changed up the presentation this year. So for a geek like me who really knows the ins and outs of that notice, probably most of the other rest of the world probably didn't even notice. But he actually, he just didn't yeah. show up. It's a good you catch know? that you saw that. Yeah, no, I did. I noticed that. Well, I was even yeah. before it aired, I was like, how are they going to handle this? And they handled it very well, actually. That's, but it was that's just a bummer. Interesting. That with the disaster actress is kind of a bummer because he's he's never really done anything that to me put him on the map acting wise so it's kind of sad actually this 127 first... hours he was nominated for and he was fantastic yeah, i never even saw that but well you know what um, tony knows everything yes, mark <laughs> mark maron who's like the the god of podcasting i don't know if you know whom he has a podcast show called um wtf what mm. the fuck mark maron um he is the guy who had the president on his podcast oh, cool. in his garage about uh, barack obama um so he is like you know, idolized as like the ultimate podcaster. He had Sharon Stone on um, last week and I just listened to that episode and she goes into detail about the whole thing with James oh, Franco because she worked with him and she was like, I'm appalled with that because he's the sweetest, most lovely person. And again, who knows? Right. But she was like, anyway, she went on a whole rant on it, but it, her perspective was interesting to me, especially because Sharon Stone was a big sex symbol yes. in the 90s. And yeah. she, her stories are, she, she said she came up to some people with this whole thing and said, look, uh, I'm not going to ruin your life, but you were out of line. You know, I don't have to name names. Or, anyway, it's very fascinating mm. hearing it from well, yeah, someone that's, like her, that's, her perspective. To me, that's the interesting thing. Like Harvey Weinstein is sort of a head on a pike, right? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, there's a lot of gross dudes out there that have been. I mean, I've seen this stuff, you know, right. around. Yeah. Well, he but, was the but, obvious one because everyone knew the stories. Yeah. But that's even worse yeah, because everyone knew the yeah. story. And no one was doing nobody anything. Nobody was saying anything. And Which is what they're she all said. just kind of going along with it. That's what Sharon Stone she, right. she said in the 90s, it was all going on. You could tell people about it. They just didn't give a shit. Now people will listen. She said it's it's kind of horrific because it, it was happening then, just no one cared. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, that I whatever. I could tell my story, but I won't. I know. I'll I keep know. that. Okay, good. So as we said, it's very hard <laughs> to not. Uh, Give, make things kind of politically charged and and again now i can kind of see why it's tough you know to try and omit that from the oscars but stripping that away let's look at the actual awards because i think that's what um is kind of yeah special uh, again there weren't any big surprises no um the Shape of Water, which is Guillermo del Toro, had the most nominations, had 13 Oscar nominations, and it won uh, production design, it won the music score, and it won Best Director for Guillermo del Toro and Best Picture. Yeah. Um, I actually don't think this film should have won 
the Best Picture Award, personally. I'm actually a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, I think, is I his masterpiece. Um, it, it was a foreign film, so I don't think it even qualified for Best Picture. It should have won Best Foreign Film, which it, it should didn't. have. It, it was didn't amazing. even win that. Um, I think this is kind of in the vein of like Martin Scorsese or Leonardo for his Oscar, Best Actor Oscar, where it was a long time coming, and this is kind of. You it know, was the culmination time. of his 20 years. So the, right. the Shape of Water is a good film. It's beautifully done. It's very well acted. The cast is great. Um, the problem I had with it is it was quite unpredictable. It's almost like an adult splash. You know? Unpredictable or predictable? Oh, sorry. Very predictable. Okay, yeah. yeah, it was very predictable. I right. knew exactly what was going to happen. Didn't surprise me at all. And the music score, which was so acclaimed, Alexander Desplat is the guy who won the Oscar for right. it. To me, it, it he said was, it was weird, right? It was like something out of Amelie, like this quirky French romance, and he's a French composer. I, I actually didn't, didn't match. I didn't like it, but again, that's just my taste. Um, but look, it, it is a... Shape of Warrior is a good film, and I was very happy to see Guillermo yeah. del Toro get well, acknowledged like by the it. Academy. He's a lovely guy as well, he yeah. seems. Yes, you know? I agree. I think he's fantastic, and I loved the actual monster that they made. Yeah. Yes. I thought that, that was spectacular. So yeah, so it's kind of like a Creature of the Blue Lagoon, right. a yeah. Black Lagoon story. Doug Jones is the guy who plays the monster. He's Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. Right, I was um, just going to say, A lot of people thought it was like a prequel. Guillermo <laughs> del Toro did the, the Hellboy movies. That's right. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't necessarily yeah. know that. And when The Shape of Water was being promoted before people had seen it, a lot of people thought it was like a prequel to oh. <laughs> Abe Sabian's uh, character, oh, but, which is played by the same guy as well because they, he looked similar. My but kids it, thought that too. Not. My kids yeah. thought it was the same character. No, look, it's like an adult fairy tale. It, it's a very quirky, strange film, uh, you know, about this mute lady played by Sally Hawkins who falls in love with a fish, basically. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel did make a good joke about that. You know, That's men right. have uh, disgraced themselves so, so much, much that, that everyone's cheering for women falling in love <laughs> with fish now. Um, That's pretty funny. I think three billboards should have won. I agree with um, that. Best 100%. best picture. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't even nominated for best director. So I would have given director to Christopher Nolan yeah. for Dunkirk because I thought the direction for that so film was good. absolutely phenomenal. Um, but uh, in terms of um, actor. Uh, you're right. So you guys mentioned Gary Oldman. Yeah. He won Best Actor well for, uh, you know, Darkest Hour playing Sir Winston Churchill. Um, as I said, I've, I reviewed the film. It's not an amazing film, but his performance is incredible. Yeah. It also won an Oscar for Best um, Makeup yeah, because which deserves, he obviously. disappears yeah. into the role. I know. And, and as a matter of fact, there's that video of him like dancing, you know, yeah. soul music as in makeup as Sir Winston Churchill. And I mean, it's kind of spooky. Because he looks just like totally him. Does. And who doesn't love Gary Oldman? I mean, Gary Oldman is, is my favorite actor. Oh, he's I would have phenomenal. to say that. He's, he's, he is the top. He's well, the I've best. loved him ever since Leon, yeah. the professional. He's, he's, oh, my he's God. He's a chameleon, and he can yeah. play anything. And he's I, so good. I loved him since I saw him in, uh, in Dracula. Oh, that's right. Yep. Bram, St Bram Stoker's, Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. Yep. He was with Winona Ryder. Amazing. And Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so miscast <laughs> in that movie. so funny in that. <laughs> anyway, okay, good. So, I mean, I think everyone was cheering around the world um, for Gary Oldman winning Best yeah, Actor. And you know absolutely. what's crazy? His first win. I know. And only his second nomination. He I was know. nominated. Which How is, is that even possible? Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy yeah. a few years ago, which was a very subtle kind of understated performance. This was a powerful 
yeah. Oscar juicy role. So he won. We all loved that. Uh, Best Actress went to Frances McDormand. Her second win. Deserved. She also won for Fargo, um, which she was fantastic in. And oh my God, she was phenomenal. She absolutely oh, deserved it. 100%. Um, wasn't her speech cracked me up so much? She was now, so well, here's funny. here's the thing. So I I I respect and admire what she did. She made all the women stand up. She basically told people like we're women know, and we are we're here. women. We have great ideas too. It's true, and, and it's I good. loved the message that. was good. Yeah, yeah. she gave this <laughs> maniacal laugh. I know it was a cackle. It was hilarious, and I'm not trying to downplay anything, but it was funny, you know though. it. No, I agree. I'm, I guarantee you we're going to see gifts very soon yeah. around the internet. I, but, I think she yes. might have just had a lot of coffee. Oh, no, of course. She was like <laughs> she was hyper adrenaline. So she knew up. millions of people were watching her. And it was fantastic. And I love her. She is, oh, a, yeah. she she is a phenomenal actress who elevates everything she's in. And she was phenomenal. And I love that she was all teary-eyed when... I mean, you're going to mention it, but when Sam went up, she was, I, oh, they, yeah. they panned on her and she was like, her eyes were filled with tears and she was just like, yeah. so happy for him. Yeah. I really respected that. Yeah, it that was, was great. Cool. So that, the next one, supporting actor, yeah. um, Sam Rockwell. So he's another one of those guys. He's been working for like 20 years. He was that psychopath in the Green Mile. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. In that. He was so good in that. He was also amazing in a film called The Way, Way Back. I he's love The that. Way, Way Back. And then I've he seen was it three incredible times. Incredible in Moon, movie. Moon, which Moon. was directed by Duncan Jones. It's a great sci fi film. Um, anyway, Sam Rockwell is one of those character actors who's just been working. Uh, you know, dedicatedly yeah. and consistently for 20 years, he's never been nominated before. So he got nominated. He was the favorite and he won. I thought um, it was great in Hedgehugger's Guide to the Galaxy. I love that book. That he's book so is like, funny, That though. book is a British treasure. But you that know... The film was... Eh, it was okay. But his character, he played very... He was... Very funny. Yeah, yeah. No, he, I mean, again, he's great in everything. He was great in Charlie's Angels in the oh, movie. That's right. Remember, he's Drew Barrymore's but he lemon can play chest. A, he can and then, play spoilers, a he's a bad guy. No, oh, that's he does what I mean. He well. can do a psycho and he can do a complete ridiculous comedy. Yeah. You know, it's, I think and it's that's great. what's yeah. so great about his character. Again, his character in Three Billboards has so many layers. So There's many layers. Such a transformation. Again, I, I don't want to give it away. Like, he is a bad guy you but you were kind of rooting for him you hate him in a and weird you're way for him. it's a very but strange thing it, it really does an amazing because yeah. at the beginning it's you're like real. you fucking piece of shit you yeah. literally hate him yeah and it's yeah. amazing uh anyway uh, that film is beautiful I, I couldn't say enough about it okay and then supporting actress alison jenny so again alison jenny yeah well she you know alison jenny is like a queen of tv she was on the West Wing for years. She's been a mum for years. She's won multiple Emmys. She's great. And she's always had bit piece roles I love how much you films. know. It's so amazing. <laughs> I do You're know like a an lot. I yeah. Encyclopedia. Yeah. Have you seen The Help? She was Emma Stone's mother in The Help. And anyway, she's just been, she's uh, she's the mum from Juno. She's been in so many films. Yeah, she's in um, a lot. But in this role, uh, and she's probably only in the film for maybe 20, 30 minutes in total. But spread out, yeah. Well, and just, I mean, she's pure poison. She yeah. is the worst mother possible pretty much um but anyway she won the uh, award her first nomination she was the the favorite everyone thought yeah. she was gonna win and she did um and, and i love it and she deserves she and deserves she that spectacular did you notice the the red beautiful red dress oh, you mean at the oscars body? yeah she looked lovely she looked so 
uh, classy, oh, I, which I, I respect yeah. because I, I, I am finding Jenny. a lot of the dresses looking way too underwearish and sexy, mm-hmm. which whatever. But I just love that she looked so beautiful yeah. and classic and still attractive and lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. All right, well, we we'll, could do a whole episode on the clothes. You know. we're, we're winding down, ladies. We're yeah. winding down. Aww. So I'm just going to go through. I want to go through these so we can kind of recap the Oscars. Yes. But wait, we what about, about Atomic Blonde? Why didn't they get nominated? <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't a big fan yeah. of that film. That's, I not really one, wasn't. that's not an Oscar I think movie. That, oh, I, come here's on. the thing. I think that film was all style um, and like no real substance. The cinematography yeah. was amazing. It was, it was okay. But I like the filming. We, that's too. why we all have but our opinions. They always choose these. these they, the movies they choose for the Oscars really have a. It wasn't an quote unquote Oscar film. Yeah. The fight um, scenes. The fight scenes were cool, but they just reminded me of um, John Wick yeah. because it's, it's the same, same guy. Yeah. yeah, the same guy. So it was just kind of a rehash it of that with a woman. It wasn't anything very new. Look, to it me wasn't either. bad. It wasn't bad. It was okay, but was I, I don't think movie. it was Oscar. It was a very um, fun all right, movie. I'm gonna reel this in, and yes, I'll just uh, let me just finish uh, going through kind of the the winners. <laughs> Um, okay, original screenplay went to Jordan Peele for Get Out, which is great. which I loved. I mean, Get Out got like ten nominations. It was nominated for director for best picture. Um, so it ended up only winning screenplay, but still for Jordan Peele, who a was a, a comedian <laughs> known as a sketch comedian from MTV yeah. from the Key and Peele show, and then with his debut does this really, which is you could say a horror film, yeah. but it's a film that has so many layers to it. Um, and, and the dialogue is fantastic. The it script is. is great. So yeah. I was so happy for him. And I think, I mean, he's just getting started. Yeah, they yeah. did a wonderful job on that movie. Oh, absolutely. And it's such um, a unique and shocking story, too. Totally I think awesome. Oh, it really like, Whoa. is. I loved it. It's fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, so he won Get Out, original screenplay. And then adapted screenplay went uh, to Call Me By Your Name, which I haven't seen. That's actually one of the only films I haven't seen. It's yeah, haven't um, seen it it's supposed to be, you know, it's, it's a gay love story. I I feel like it's not just a gay love story. It kind of makes me feel like it's a pedophilia movie. Like, I don't know. It looks okay, that I'm sorry way. to say no, that, no, 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 but no. I just, it a comes of off people, that way and I'm like turned off by that. So, a lot of people, it had a lot of controversy because Army Hammer so and Timothy Chalamet, he's like 18, and Army Hammer, who I think in real life is like 40. In the film, he's supposed to be, I think, like 27, like eight, seven or eight years. So, I know there was a, a lot of people had controversy over that. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's a beautiful film. I, I Look, I mean, obviously, I'm straight white dude, so I don't gravitate towards those types of films, but Moonlight was a beautiful film. Broke that mountain with, you know, two of the biggest heartthrobs, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and Heath Ledger, was a fantastically acted film and there's actually quite a few films yeah if they're done really well in that vein that are like, good stories there's a film yeah. with uh ewan mcgregor and um and uh jim carrey that's very little known called i love you philip morris oh, which yeah. is a very graphic <laughs> gay uh story with graphic sex scenes i had no idea the film is phenomenal hmm. so it doesn't matter i mean if a film is well made then yeah. I'll watch it and I'll respect it so I am actually interested in seeing Call Me By Your Name I, I hear it's very beautiful and very well done and so we'll see uh, it won the adapted Oscar so okay good um, documentary went to a film called Icarus and actually I have some mutual friends who yeah, know, who know the, the guy, guy. Yeah. who made that and won the Oscar which is great that's but amazing I, I haven't seen it um, and then cinematography which I'm so happy about went to Roger Deakins so I don't know if you know Roger Deakins he 
has been nominated like 14 times. He's one of the, the most talented cinematographers in the world. He did Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He did Country uh, for uh, No Country for Old Men. He did Shawshank Redemption, mm -hmm. and he's never won. He won cinematography uh, Oscar for Blade Runner 2049. That's really cool. Which is one of the most so beautiful deserved. aesthetic yeah. films you've ever seen. It was. Uh, it was Every gorgeous. frame is like a piece of art. Totally. It really is. So, yeah. I, I mean, if he had gotten snubbed on that, I would have been like, come on, guys. No, they did so much. They put so much into that one. And that yeah. I, I definitely agree that they would have won over Atomic Blonde too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Blade Runner 2049, which was actually one of my favorite films of last year. It's a pity it wasn't a big hit. I mean, everyone knows why it wasn't successful. Um, the director made the bold choice to keep it three hours long it was yeah. just it was too long um i didn't care because i loved every second but for a mainstream audience it was like this 180 minute yeah. sci-fi epic it. Yeah. i thought it was fantastic yeah, yeah well, i thought it was like the original in oh, in the way that um the, the pace of it and just it the really whole was. thing. I mean, yeah. he was doing it in honor, in, in honor or in homage to the oh, first absolutely. Blade Runner. So and if the you original... don't like the original Blade Runner being that long, then don't watch that Well, movie. the original Blade Runner isn't that long at all, actually. It's only two hours, but it... But that's long, though. It for... was a total failure when it first came out in the 80s. That's what's funny. And now it's considered like the greatest science fiction movie of all time. So Blade Runner in 2049 will be fine. It will stand the test oh, of yeah. time. Uh, so it won for cinematography and it also um, won for visual effects, which, which it, it absolutely deserved. Absolutely. I kind of yeah. wanted War for the Planet of the Apes to win visual effects. But actually, that was only because it was the only category that Andy Serkis could possibly be kind of acknowledged right. for. Because Andy Serkis is the king of motion capture. What he did with Gollum, what he did with Caesar in the, the Planet of the Apes films, King Kong, um, Snoke in the Star Wars yeah. films. I mean, it's incredible. He's amazing. Uh, and... I wish they, they need to make an award for that, I think. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Dunkirk won sound editing, sound mixing. So it won kind of those like, yeah. you know, editing kind of professional awards, which if you've seen Dunkirk with that, that very complex storyline, yeah. the different time time um, zones and the different settings and how it kind of pieced it all together was brilliant. Yeah, It, so it looks it totally like a beautiful movie. Oh, yeah. you should... Totally Costume design went to Than uh, Phantom Thread, right. which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie with Daniel Day-Lewis, all about fashion and right. costuming. So that kind of makes sense. Um, I haven't seen it. It's one of the only ones I haven't seen. Um, original song, I didn't agree with it. Went to, I was so yeah, It angry. went to Remember Me um, from Coco. I didn't think that song was anything special. And Over right, The um, Greatest Showman. I haven't even seen The Greatest Showman. <sighs> Um, but, but you I've know heard, you love I've that I've heard song. the soundtrack many times because so all my friends love it. And there's a song called This Is Me, which is very powerful, that was nominated. Beautiful song. And I thought it would win, and, and it didn't. It I was 100% sure. I was like, Tony, it's winning. There's not even a question about it. And then I was mad. Because that, to me was political or, okay. or something. I was well, like, I'm done and we can't leave on a sour note now. So now we have to say something happy because we do need to wrap up. <laughs> okay, well, I was I was really, really uh, impressed with the performance they did of This Is Me and that was that beautiful. Was yeah. Really uplifting and really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, and I thought of something else I'd like to say about my show. Oh, don't yeah. worry, we'll do that. So that's our recap of the uh, the 90th Academy Awards. And look, for anyone who's listening who might be a professional in that business, 
do better. No, let's just, <laughs> Tony, no, we no. can do it better. Yeah, but let's, <laughs> oh, God. No, let's keep the focus on the art, the yeah. entertainment, and the movies. Exactly. Kimberly, I've loved having you on. What did you want to say about your show, my dear, before we wrap up? Wonderful. Well, I kind of didn't mean to go so deep into the originate uh, where it came from, but I oh, wanted I know. to say. It was fascinating. Oh, I had God. no idea there was no, such was a story. Ah. It was actually quite inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really wanted to say about it is one of the reasons I started doing it and that I wanted to have these videos because I want people to know that you can follow your dreams. And if you want to do something that's creative, that's a perfect segue for us to you, finish Kimberly Q. Well, well done. Well, I just really do. I mean, I think having these, these interviews gives you somebody to, to realize that's a real person. It makes them not someone up on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. You understand how they did it. Um, you understand what it takes and it gives they all, I also oftentimes always ask my guests for advice on how they did what they did or right. what advice they have for other people. So it's really about inspiring people who have maybe been put down, told they can't do it, told they suck, told it's never going to work, told to get a regular job, whatever it is, you know, all the things that artistic people have to deal with um, and keep within themselves and stop themselves to to be able to see this giant list of people you can just go watch and hear their stories right exactly. so that's one of the main motivations for my show and what a great motivation yeah Thank i absolutely you. love that and look those those are pearls so we're, we're gonna end the show for the evening with that follow your dreams it's hard work but do what you love find something you love and do it and just keep working on it and especially in terms of art create Definitely. Because art and creation yeah. is always a good thing. Don't we all agree, ladies? Definitely. Absolutely. We do. All right, Kimberly Q, thank you so much. I loved having you on the show. It good night, everyone. Good night. So good being on the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>